From Brooklyn, New York, I'm Adam Teeter, and this is a Vine Pair Next Round Conversation. We're having these conversations uh, in addition to our weekly podcast episode in order to give listeners a better picture on how the COVID-19 crisis has been affecting the entire business. Uh, today, I'm really lucky to be speaking with two amazing women in, in the beverage industry, Zidanelia Asi Diacono, the winemaker at Sonoma Coutrere, and Elizabeth McCall, assistant master distiller at Woodford Reserve. Um, ladies, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. And you know, I, I hope I didn't butcher your name. Oh, no, you did a great job. <laughs> okay, thanks. So we're going to talk about a few things, um, but obviously what brings us together is that you uh, have a joint project you're working on, which is a, um, a restaurant for Valley Woodford Reserve barrel finished Pinot Noir, which I'm super interested in um, to talk about how that came about. And the reason for that is obviously, um, you know, we've seen a lot of like red blends in bourbon barrels in the past. I'm curious, like where, if we could just talk through like, sort of what the decision was to do a Pinot in barrel, and then also sort of how the two of you collaborated together, that would be amazing. Well, um, from the winery side, um, this category is being very popular um, lately. And of course, we've seen, as you mentioned, many red blends. At Sonoma Couture, we only have Pinot Noir. That's our red variety here. Um, and we thought, what a great idea if we could make it work and actually we have full access um, to wood for barrels so that will um, actually enhance the quality of this um, bourbon aged pinot noir and so that's when we started the conversation with wood for reserve which we have done things in the past but it was the opposite way um, i haven't had the chance to taste it but elizabeth um, she mentioned that it was delicious. You had the chance to try it, right, Elizabeth? Yeah, so we did a master's collection with the Pinot Noir finish back in 2014, and we actually did a Chardonnay finish in 2007. So we've had a good partnership with Sonoma for quite a few years. Yeah, so when um, we decided to do it the opposite way, um, and knowing that we have high-quality barrels um, where high quality bourbon, it's being aged and then being able to put our Pinot Noir um, to be finished in this bourbon barrels. I think we were able to um, get the right balance um, for a, such a delicate variety as Pinot Noir. So something that may seem a little crazy at the beginning um, actually came out great. And it was um, part of this wonderful partnership that we have, um, being able to um, work together in in order to achieve the balance that we wanted. Interesting. So, what, what where did the decision come to do this in the first place? Like, were you looking at research? Um, were consumers of of the Pinots asking for this? I mean, obviously, I, I get that the, you know the the brands are owned by the same company. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to sort of understand like what the I mean, especially as a winemaker, you know, what, what were you, tr what were you trying to achieve, um, from the bourbon barrels and, um, you know, what were you looking at any data or talking to any consumers to sort of make you feel comfortable that this is, this was a wine that would be received well? Yeah. I mean, um, we've got a lot of great comments about, um, other bourbon aged wine. So we were a little, um, we, like the idea is just we were um, a little concerned about Pinot Noir in um, bourbon barrels, but um, our it's something that we do every year. We like to come up with um, new products to keep our consumer excited, and this was one of those ideas. Um, 
And it was just a matter of how to manage it. So actually, we started earlier before the 2018 release, which is the winemakers release, um, just trying to see um, if we could make it work. And we got great results since the beginning. Um, so at the beginning, it was only sold at the tasting room and people loved it. So all those cases, all those bottles just... Um, they they got sold out very quickly because of the great response from the public. They loved the impact. They loved the balance. They loved um, that they could have some of the this bourbon um, flavor also with their Pinot Noir. So in 2018, we decided to make it our winemaker selection um, and make a a batch that it was a little larger, so more people could have access to. Okay, so. I totally understand that, um, you know, the, the Pinot Noir is something that, you know, you decide to do based on, you know, talking to consumers and thinking about it. What impact does the bourbon give the Pinot? Just because I always think of Pinot as such a delicate wine. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, like, does the bourbon overpower the Pinot? Um, is it is it almost too strong in a like in a way or what kind of Pinot Noir has to go into the barrel? Because I also, you know, when I've had the bourbon barrel aged red blends and things like that, I, you know, those, those red blends are so ripe and juicy and big. That mm-hmm. make, I, I can understand how they're, they're standing up, but for a Pinot, like I always think of it as being so delicate and, and light. So what, what style of wine were you looking for? What ripeness of the grapes uh, in order to make sure that it could handle that bourbon? Yeah, well, actually, um, Pinot Noir, it's, it's a variety that, um, depending on the growing region, you will have different styles. There's the very delicate Pinot Noirs um, from more cooler regions. There's um, a little more concentrated Pinot Noirs from other places. And, and we're able, we're in the Russian River Valley, so um, we're capable to capture a a Pinot Noir that has really good intensity, um, has tons of spices that complement the bourbon barrels very well, or the bourbon barrels actually complement very well the, the Pinot Noir. So we have a medium to, to a little more intense structure to begin with. So we're not the very light that those could get, the, the bourbon barrel could, can get a little overwhelming. But I think what was key for us, it was the partnership with Woodford Reserve. We knew the type of Pinot Noir we had. We knew it could stand up to um, the bourbon barrel, the intensity of that bourbon barrel. But in order to achieve that, we were also, we needed to have full control of how the barrels came here, um, when they came here. And since um, we we talk with um, Elizabeth in this case, um, in when those bourbon barrels were shipped to um, Sonoma, when we were filling them and for how long. So with Pinot, we had to manage also the time that this Pinot spent in barrels. So pretty much the Pinot Noir that you will be tasting that it's being aged in bourbon barrels is the same one that you can taste also, same vintage 2018 um, Russian River Valley without the bourbon. So you can taste side by side um, what the difference is. For me, um, I had to think about this bourbon-finished Pinot Noir as a completely new product Um, and just forget about that comparison and just let 
myself just enjoy it for what it is. Um, yes, you lose some of the more fruity characters, the more volatile aromas, but you will gain in this richness, um, in this um, vanilla intensity, um, dry fruits coming from the bourbon barrel. So the way I started enjoying it is just letting myself enjoy it as a new product, as something um again, new and different from the regular Pinot Noir line. So do you see this as like a product that will bring new people into Pinot Noir or new people into wine? I know we've we thought about that with the with the bourbon barrel aged red blends in the past that like it you you kind of attract a bourbon drinker who may not yeah. have experienced drinking wine before but is interested. Is that the same idea but with someone who may want, you know, a Pinot as opposed to that red blend? Because the red blends can be very, very, you know, re- the, the, like the burn barrel aged red blends to me can almost sometimes taste like, you know, as we were chatting about before we started the recording, like the, the Goose Island Bourbon County Stouts, right? Like they can mm-hmm. be really big and thick. And so I'm really curious if, if you, if this, obviously it sounds like it makes a little bit of a lighter style. Um, yeah. It's the same idea that, as you said, it's like, a, it's a different product. It's like a, a product innovation, but as a way to bring new people into the category. Is that how you see it? Well, I think it's a new proposition. I think um, there's people that um, think Pinot Noir, again, it's it always going to be very light. Um, and this is a way of showing, no, we can do more things also with Pinot Noir. But of course, um, you'll have your loyal just Pinot Noir wine drinkers and, and they can also taste it and see that there's a, another product that can be done with also Pinot Noir. So I think, yes, we are attracting for some people. And I want actually Elizabeth to touch on this because um, what she thought as a more knowledgeable um, bourbon drinker tasting now the Pinot Noir being aged. Elizabeth, can yeah. you share that with us? Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm curious to Elizabeth, like um, when, when this project came up, like did you already, were you, thinking about the barrels you wanted to send to Zanelia, like had you thought about, okay, well maybe it'd be bourbon that had been, we'd age in the barrel for 10 years or 15 years or what went through your process as well as this, as this sort of, you know, collaboration came to fruition? Well, for me, I mean, based on, so going back to, I mean, the Chardonnay release that we did um, in 2007 was one that, I didn't have the opportunity to taste because that was before I was with Brown Foreman. Um, But I did have the pleasure of tasting and having just started uh, my role as master taster with Woodford Reserve in 2014 with the Pinot Noir finish. Um, I had, I, I love the Pinot Noir finish, our Woodford Reserve bourbon finished in Pinot Noir barrels. And so I had that kind of base to, to go off of uh, for this, the Sonoma Contreras Pinot finished in Woodford Reserve barrels. And so I had that going and I knew that that just, it was such a brilliant idea. I loved it for our bourbon. And so I knew it would only um, play well with the Pinot Noir. And the reason why, um, I had that feeling other than tasting, obviously, um, but we have a strong philosophy when it comes to Woodford Reserve barrel finishing. And our philosophy is that we are only going to finish Woodford Reserve in barrels that already contain flavor notes that exist in our bourbon or one of our other whiskeys. So for the Pinot Noir, sorry, that's my computer, but for the Pinot Noir, um, we, those beautiful berry notes, um, that spice character, like lots of herbs, savoriness that 
is in the Pinot Noir, the Sonoma Cotrera Pinot Noir. I mean, it's a, it's a really, um, ju- like, God, what, what's the word? It's, it's a, it's a robust Pinot for Pinot. And so it played really nicely, um, for us to finish our bourbon in because we have spice, we have red berry notes, we have kind of those savvy, savory and herbaceous characteristics in Woodford Reserve. So by finishing Woodford Reserve in that, uh, in the Pinot Noir barrel, we just further enhanced those notes in our bourbon. And so I knew that with with Z and, and working with Sonoma, um, putting their Pinot Noir in our bourbon barrel, it would only play nicely with the barrel, the flavor notes they have in their Pinot Noir and just kind of elevate them. So when we did the tasting side by side the other night, I mean, it was just, it was the best tasting. I mean, you've got Pinot Noir, which is the most superb wine. And then, you know, we had Woodford Reserve, which I think is um, the most superb bourbon whiskey out there. And, um, and tasting everything. And you really could see those differences. And it wasn't a major shift. It was just such a subtle difference from seeing the spice first to then you see more of those vanilla notes that Woodford Reserve has. And some of those toasted oak characteristics really layered nicely on the Pinot Noir. And it wasn't overwhelming. And it was just a nice shift to the mouthfeel and also just the overall aroma and flavor. It was really awesome. Cool. That's Okay. So that makes sense. So I'm interested when you, when you made the I mean, when you had the decision to make this wine, obviously was pre, uh, pre COVID, how has COVID impacted, you know, the release of this wine, sort of your plans for this wine? Has it at all, um, sort of what has happened, you know, for this wine and also for, I guess, for both of you and just your normal day to day, uh, you know, making Pinot Noirs, you know, normal Pinot Noirs, as well as, you know, Woodford Reserve bourbon, uh, and, you know, dealing with that in the shadow of this pandemic? Well, for us, um, the product actually got released because it's a 2018. Um, it got released before the pandemic. Um, I think people continued to order and people was excited about the product. So um, we continue to sell it. Um, but now how it changed here in the winery. Well, we finished harvest um, mid-September. So I guess the challenge started much earlier and how are we going to manage this situation here at the winery um, and working with a perishable product is you, you can't just go, right? Um, we need to be here. We need to be taking care of the wine. But we put in place a very strong protocol also um, of when we come in, um, who comes in, working in um, groups also um, that can be isolated also. So um, in order to try to if minimize any chance of um, get um, in contact with COVID. So, and also part of our team, whoever was able to stay at home, let's say from admin, they, they did. So they're currently also working from from home finance, um, and we only kept the the core group here that needs to come to um, take care of the wine. So during harvest, also it was just a matter of um, keeping our team safe, um, making sure we were following um, cleaning protocols, um, and so we're we're being fortunate to um, being out of that time when we have most of our people here um, and and just past harvest 
and being all healthy. So we're very thankful. But yes, it was completely a different way of um, going about harvest for us. Elizabeth, what about you? Uh, for us, um, let's see. Well, I going into quarantine it was back in March. And the last time I was at the distillery at that time was early, like was March 7th. And then we got the news where it was just kind of like, okay, everybody, we, the similar to Sonoma where only essential production workers were to be on site. So, um, and then we shifted from, we stopped all specialty products that we were working on um, so that Chris Morris and I didn't need to be there. It was just the core group. We have our distillery operators and processing operators and the bottling operators. So just operations were there um, and getting their health screenings prior to uh, coming on uh, shift. And then there was, a, we put a, a mandatory about 10 minute um, or well, no, I think it was like more like 15 to 30 minutes in between each shift so that all equipment could be cleaned and keep each shift isolated. So Chris Morris and I did not go to the distillery during that time. Um, but the distillery, uh, we all can, we continued operating under those, uh, circumstances, all non-essential workers did not, were, uh, asked to work remotely just to keep everyone as safe as possible and cut down as much, uh, interaction between people and so we continued just producing bourbon and man our bourbon our sales people are enjoying their Woodford Reserve (laughs) (laughs) during COVID and um, we have seen a great shift in the 1.75 liter sales so people are now buying um, just in large in bulk, they're buying in bulk, and I love seeing it. It was just such a great when we started reviewing everything. It's like, oh my gosh, people are um, just they they're loyal. They know they've got they know Woodford Reserve is good. They know it's going to always um, satisfy, and so they just figure, why buy the 750 ml when I can buy a 1.75 and at a better cost value. Um, so we've seen a huge shift in that. So our our team is going strong and our team at the distillery has just, they've kicked butt. I mean, I can't say anything bad about that team. They're amazing. And um, I actually was pregnant and I've been on, had a baby and been on maternity leave. So during a few, three months of that time, I was just at home with my, my little one, but um, things stayed the course. I mean, Chris Morris kind of stayed away. We shifted to a lot of virtual tastings, um, our personal selection program where you can do uh, your own batch of Woodford Reserve has been shifted to virtual. So we've got a team out there pulling samples and mailing out samples to people. And Chris Morris has been doing that. And I'm starting to get back into it now that I'm back to work. And um, so we've just kept on going full steam ahead. Just it just looks a little different than it was. So um, we've had we haven't knock on wood seen any COVID uh, issues at our distillery because we've got really good practices in place. Um, since coming back to work, I have been back out to the distillery, but I tried to limit it um, and also just making sure I'm doing all the health screenings um, to keep our team safe. Because the last thing we want to have happen is, is get someone sick and then have to shut down operations. People need their bourbon. They need their Woodford. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a ton of sense. Um, that's that's really, I mean, for, on, for both of you, what you're dealing with, I think, you know, it makes a lot of sense where 
people are still, you know, consuming. And um, as long as we're able to produce the liquid safely, that's a good yeah. thing. So, yeah, I mean, well, I really appreciate you both taking the time to to join me today to not only chat about the Pinot, but also to chat about, you know, sort of how the business has, has changed a little bit under COVID. So, yeah, so thank you both so much. I really appreciate it. And yeah, please take care. Awesome. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast. If you enjoy listening to us every week, please leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. Vine Pair is produced by myself and Zach Jabal. It is also mixed and edited by him. Yeah, Zach, we know you do a lot. I'd also like to thank the entire Vine Pair team, including my co-founder, Josh, and our associate editor, Kat Winston. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.